Welcome to the 49ers Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and this is episode number 32, technically episode two of season two. Uh, last week, we had Matt Barrows on. It was a great conversation about what the Niners should do with the number three overall pick. Now they traded up for it. This week, going to talk about why Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of untradeable. Well, not entirely. Going to get into you know the Fields and Lance conversation. Also going to talk about all the Mac Jones smoke going on out there currently. Uh, but let's start with where I'm at with this Mac Jones stuff. Now, it's so tough because... I like Mac Jones, and I'm not sure if any of you remember a couple weeks ago, maybe may a couple months ago actually, I discussed with Adam P. from the 49ers Outsiders that Mac Jones was the quarterback you bring in to replace Jimmy Garoppolo immediately, and Trey Lance was the quarterback you bring in to, uh, or, I, I think the way I phrased it was, he was the best case for Garoppolo to stay another year just because of how raw he is now the more I've dug into Trey Lance while I do still believe he would need a year to uh, adapt to the NFL a a year to get accustomed to things uh, I do think he is more pro ready than I initially thought but again sticking with Mac Jones uh, there's been a lot of Mac Jones talk. Uh, a lot of reporters, a lot of people have been out there saying, you know, Mo, Mac Jones is the guy. Uh, someone DM'd me recently, and uh, this person isn't someone in the media, but it's someone who's a fan of the Niners. And it just kind of gave me an idea as to where Niner fans are at. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, the only people Niner fans can listen to, and even myself included, is higher-end reporters, like media people, an Albert Breer, a Peter King, a Dan Patrick, a Colin Coward, a Lance Zerline, a Daniel Jeremiah. And this person I was DMing with listed every single one of these people off and said, Mac Jones is Shanahan's guy, per all these people. What makes you think he's not the guy? And it made me question where I stood, but also it made me question, why are this many people, this many high-end people, either mocking uh, Mac Jones to the Niners for the number three overall pick, or why are they reporting like, hey, this is their guy, this is what I've heard is their guy. And so uh, this really is a direct message to the Niner fans who listen to this podcast, and it you know it, it really is a telling sign as to where we are in the draft process. The NFL draft is a little over three weeks away. And out of nowhere, we are in this Mac Jones fever dream where every single thing is Mac Jones to San Francisco. Now again, going back to the podcast I had a few months ago with Adam P, I talked about how Mac Jones is the perfect Shanahan quarterback just because of the Kirk Cousins um, comparison I gave him. And I'm not the only person that gave him that comparison, uh, and and I think he does play similar to Kirk Cousins, but I guess when I see all these reporters saying, oh, well, you know, Mac Jones, he's a guy, he's Shanahan's guy, I want to tell you you guys listening, like, don't put too much weight in to what all these people are saying, that doesn't mean they're wrong. That doesn't mean that I'm right. What this means is, is that it's something I've learned, especially after the whole Matthew Stafford situation came out. If I could tell you everything I was told during that situation, a situation that made me look stupid, a situation where I believed certain people, where I trusted certain people that I had a relationship with, and I know it's a little different, but my point more so is stay skeptical of everything, <laughs> um, especially around this time, especially when there's trade rumors or there's free agency talks. Like, uh, and and I I had to learn that the hard way. Of hey, I put myself out there, maybe you know, in your eyes, in a pretty dumb way. And in my eyes, when I look back, I go, why would I do that? You know, <laughs> but um, it it made me realize that. The people you trust the most, the people maybe that you talk to the most about this team, about this franchise, 
um, the people who are in the news the most, people who maybe you think are right more often uh, than not, they can still be wrong sometimes too. Or the report they are getting their information from can still be wrong. Like, take the Dan Orlovsky thing out of the, you know, into the conversation here. I'm not going to get into all the race stuff. I, I don't want to talk about it. That is a different conversation I don't want to get into. But he was told something that he believed was true from people that he trusted. And look what happened. Uh, now, do I believe Dan Orzlowski? No, I don't. Uh, or, or, or a lot of the time, I would rely on him for like a, a film study because he's next player. I'm not expecting him to have sources. Now, again, I don't know who he talked to. And he went back on what he said. Because he said, I, hey, I, I went and talked to a quarterback coach. I went and talked to someone who knew Justin Fields personally. And so, you're bringing that full circle, I would be highly, highly skeptical of anyone saying it's Mac Jones to the Niners. It's, it's done. It's, it's a confirmed deal. I even had someone in my Twitter um, respond to you know me and go like, oh, like I've heard by someone I trust that Mac Jones to the Niners is done. And again... Coming from someone, and, and I'm sure you have friends that have talked about it. I know I have had friends. I'm in multiple Twitter uh, DM uh, or uh, direct message groups. And we talk about this stuff all the time. Whether it's Garoppolo's future, whether it's the quarterbacks. like We, we like to bounce things off each other. And when anyone comes to you, comes to me, comes to whoever it may be, and tells them like, hey, I've heard this is done. Now, you can take it at face value and go, okay, like, I, I will take what you say. I'll put it on the table here. Then I'm going to take the other 17,000 perspectives and then match them up and see if it lines up. And, yes, when you, again, like I list off Peter King, Dan Patrick, Colin Coward, all these things come to fruition, like, it does make you question. It does make you wonder, like, well, why like why is this coming out now? Who's saying this stuff? Um, and... But again, my, my point is, stay skeptical. There's always going to be somebody out there who's saying, oh, I know this and I know that. And again, that doesn't mean they're right. And I'm, I'm saying this because I have firsthand experience doing this um, and putting my neck out on the line and looking pretty dumb. Um, if you don't know and if you're new to the podcast, I was the, the idiot, <laughs> to a certain point of view, who put out the... You know, the Matthew Stafford trade is done. I know Holly Vega put it out there too. And, and I get, a lot of this is nuanced. A, a lot of it changes. And again, like I said, if I could tell you every single thing I was told, uh, it wouldn't believe you. Now, again, do I believe every single thing I was told now knowing what I know? No, I don't. And I could sit here for the next hour and a half and tell you every DM, every person I got, saying all the information. And it has it made me take a step back and go... Who do you trust? You know the song, Who Do You Love? You know, that song, that as as my white version of that song. <laughs> like, it made me go, who do you trust? <laughs> and sorry, sorry for the corniness. But like, that's really what it was like. Like, you know, who do you trust? And now, should, should we trust Peter King? Of course. Peter King is a great reporter, doing it for a long time. When he's hearing something, I'm sure it's, you know, vaguely right. Um, but... You know, when Dan Patrick's saying, three unnamed sources tell me, I know Kyle Shanahan loves Mac Jones. I was told the personnel department is still hoping to change his mind on Trey Lance. I get that Mac fits what he does, but man, I want a lot more for that third pick. The second unnamed source, two teams who need quarterbacks both said they believe Mac Jones to the Niners is done. The third source, I'm hearing that Trey Lance makes more of a sense with Jimmy G being a bridge QB this next year. Shanahan prefers a more mobile quarterback, regardless of what Mac Jones ran. He's not athletic outside the pocket, but inside, they are having discussions with Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Now again, guess what? Of course they're having discussions of Trey Lance and Mac Jones. They're also talking about Justin Fields. It's not like these conversations aren't being had. I don't even think they've made their decision yet. And what I mean by that is, why would they make their decision? Even Shanahan and Lynch both bluntly stated it in their press conference. There's like three or four guys we like. What that means is, is that we want to see maybe Fields throw again. They're going to. They want to see Trey Lance throw again. They're going to. They're trying to actively schedule a new pro day with him. Like, 
I don't think they've made their decision. I think they've narrowed it down. But guess what? Even Adam Schefter said on his podcast, he said, I have seen teams change their mind in a week before the draft. Go back to when, uh, I think it was 2018. Uh, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, they're all coming out of the draft, okay? Um, I was in college at the time, and you know my friends are talking. I, have, I had a different podcast, and, and everyone in the media is saying, it's Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, number one, Saquon Barkley, number two, Josh Allen's going to be like the ninth pick, whatever, you know, like, and, and we're all mocking stuff. The media is, is making their mock drafts, and nobody is mocking Baker Mayfield to go to Cleveland number one overall. All of a sudden, like three days prior to the draft, then you start hearing Baker's name more and more and more and more and more. Well, guess what? They changed their mind because Sam Darnold was the, the highest rated prospect on a lot of people's boards. Um, he wasn't on mine, but a lot of people had him going number one, and for good reason. Like, out of coming out of that class, he was arguably, uh, I don't want to say a more finished talent, but he he showed more pro ready level skills. He he wasn't a, a question mark or maybe as raw as Josh Allen. Uh, and again, there was a lot of questions around Lamar Jackson. You know, again, maybe those questions are valid or not, but Lamar Jackson won MVP. Kudos to him. But again, there was questions going on about the other four guys, the other five guys. Uh, Baker with the police staying, maybe being too small. Uh, Josh Rosen was too smart, possibly too cocky for his own good. And we've seen how their careers have, pl- have panned out. And obviously a lot of those mocks were wrong. And again, going back to my point, uh, like Adam Schefter said, they can change your mind. Like today, it could be Justin Fields for Shanahan and Lynch. Tomorrow, it could be Trey Lance. You want to know why? Things change. You know, say you're dating somebody. I know this is a weird analogy, and I'm going to go the Colin Coward family route here. You're dating a girl, dating a guy, uh, and you like him. It's going really good for a week. They say something you don't really like, or you have a big fight, disagree. Or, or, or you find out something new about them. And you go, you know what? Like, I don't know. And it rubs you the wrong way. And then you kind of let it sit in your head and it grinds your gears a little bit. And you hold on to it and you think about it. And you go, you know, like, it's starting to kind of cool off on this relationship. That happens all the time. It happens in uh, the NFL. I was I just watched a video today about Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. And how they had a falling out in San Diego together uh, when Brees hurt his shoulder. And how Marty Schottenheimer, the head coach there, he wanted to keep Drew Brees. He didn't, he didn't want Rivers. That Marty Schottenheimer and Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator there at the time, they believed in Drew Brees. And Brees had a, had, had a fine rookie season. Uh, he struggled in year two. They brought in Doug Flutie. And then they drafted Phillip Rivers. Then Brees goes out there and, and, and they go to the playoffs. They lose in the first round. And then Brees gets hurt. Um... And there was a big there was a big uh, conversation between uh, the head coach Marty Schottenheimer and the GM at the time, and the GM said we're playing Rivers, and the head coach said I oh, will I want Breeze, and then Breeze said I'm gonna go field offers from the Dolphins and Saints, and you know lo and behold he becomes one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and so again these things change. It, there's nothing is set in stone. I'm I'm not gonna use the word fluid. But to a certain extent, it is a fluid situation. It could be Fields today. It could be Mac Jones, for all we know, right now. And then in a week and a half, when they see Trey Lance go out there and have his pro day, or whenever it'll be, maybe they like him more. Maybe the more they dig into the tape. Uh, Matt Barrow said last week, this doesn't come down to the QB collective, and I'm going to expand on that a little more. It doesn't come down to a pro day or what the media says. Matt Barrow said it comes down to what Shanahan sees in the film room. And ultimately, that's going to decide what he wants to do at quarterback. If he views Justin Fields as the guy, if he views Mac Jones as the guy, then so be it. But uh, reports and uh, mock drafts, in my words, this podcast is not going to change what Kyle Shanahan thinks. Chris Sims, one of his best friends, is not going to change what Kyle Shanahan thinks. Now, yes, there's smoke. Yes, there's fire. Yes, these things need to be taken into account when assessing the NFL draft, where you want to mock somebody. In fact, I'll have a mock draft out this Monday on our Instagram and our Twitter, 49ers.access, 49ers underscore access. You will see what I think, and I'll talk about it here shortly, what I think is going to happen at the number three overall pick. But all this to be said, 
15 minutes into the podcast, yes, you could take the Mac Jones smoke for what it is. It's smoke. Could there be fire? Of course there can be fire. But guess what? Sometimes smoke is a little steam from a tea kettle. It's not a massive, you know, wildfire. Sometimes it shouldn't be taken as valid. It should be taken as consideration. And I think we've fallen into this trap of anything a reporter says is fact. No, it's not. As someone who who went to college, who has a BA uh, in sports journalism, who sat in the classrooms and listened to all the conversations of how to report, when to report, you know, the five when, where, how, why, when, who, all that stuff. Like, and I'm sure many of you have out there too. You know, you guys know what journalism is. Like, there's a difference between opinion and when someone says, I'm hearing something or when they're reporting something. And all of this so far has been, I've heard from this person. I've heard from this unnamed source. That's fine. That's, that's fine to say and, and tell the media and tell the public. That's fine. But that doesn't mean it's valid doesn't mean it's factual information. So stay cautious. Take it in. Keep it in the back of your head. Keep it in the back of your coin bank. Uh, and and you can refer to it. But again, don't forget, there was smoke you were taking Aaron Rodgers in 2005. There was smoke you were taking Quentin Williams last year. Nobody knew we were going to take AJ Jenkins. And <laughs> look what happened there. So... Just be cautious, be cognizant of what's going out there. We have, again, a little over three weeks. You're going to hear the craziest things being said. The craziest things being said. Uh, No one thought Josh Allen was going to be where he is now. No one thought Lamar Jackson was going to be an MVP, let alone a starting caliber NFL quarterback. Look what he's doing now. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have the problems or don't have the weaknesses. They do, of course. Every quarterback does. But what it means is it's draft season. It's the offseason. Uh, the SF Diners has, has coined it smoke season. And that's true. It, it really is true. It is smoke season. Um, that being said, there is a ton of smoke around Jimmy Garoppolo currently. And I think it's really funny how Niner fans... And I'm, again, I'm not going to point anybody out and say, well, this people, you know, this group of people on Twitter and, that, and these reporters, I'm not going to do that. Because... I want to be cognizant and aware that I'm sure to other people, I can look like a jackass. <laughs> and and when I say things, or uh, maybe you like Justin Fields and I like Trey Lance and you think I'm an idiot for doing so, um, that's fine. Like, And so I, I want to be aware of that. And so I'm not going to call anybody out. But again, there is a collective of people on Niners Twitter that post a lot of content on Niners Twitter that believe... And there's nothing wrong with this. But they believe that Jimmy Garoppolo has to be traded immediately. Now, uh, the rookie is starting week one. You have to get over it. That's the best case scenario. And while I I understand there is some sort of uh, allure to that, there is some sort of uh, positive to that. You can free up money. You can extend Fred Warner, although he doesn't really need to be extended immediately, you can extend Nick Bosa eventually, although you don't really need to extend Nick Bosa at the current moment, because, well, he's in year three of a torn ACL and a lot of other crap like that. But again, there is this kind of narrative behind Garoppolo where he has to go now, and that's the only chance you take, and and now there's this other uh, report out there. Uh, Michael Giardi had it, uh, Albert Breer had also said it, that it's going to take a first-round pick to uh, to get the Niners to even acquire Jimmy Garoppolo, or, or excuse me, to trade Jimmy Garoppolo away. And when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, what team is going to trade a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? And I'm sure the first team that you think comes to mind, and I'm sure most people would say, well, the Patriots. And... Well, I get that, and 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 I understand uh, the the reasoning behind that train of thought because let's be honest here, I've thought it too, and my mind said, well, New England might want Garoppolo, and I'm sure they do want Garoppolo, but again, there's just so much smoke around it, and I want to tell you why I think that might be harder than a lot of us believe. And so, you have to think that a team like the Patriots, again, the Bears, 
maybe a team like Denver. Like those are the three teams you might say they they'd probably want a Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and maybe even Washington to a certain point because Martin Mayhew's there now. Um, but but you sit there and you go, okay, you say, um, why would a team like New England, who is sitting at the fifteenth overall pick, um, and maybe in a position to trade up for a quarterback, or, or maybe they like someone like a Davis Mills or a Kellen Mond or a Kyle Trask. I don't know. Uh, I'm not in their war room, but maybe they like one of these guys. Maybe they feel comfortable somewhat with Cam Newton for one more year and then drafting a guy this year and having him be the, the bridge quarterback like many Niner fans believe Garoppolo shouldn't be. Why would they trade maybe a second or third round pick for a quarterback making $24 million? Um, despite knowing the system in New England, why would they do that when the draft is three and a half weeks away and is the, the second the Niners draft a quarterback, his trade value, Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value, diminishes simply because every team in the NFL now knows and is now guaranteed to the point of, well, he's not your guy. I don't need to pay up a first-round pick, a second-round pick for not your guy. And so, looking at the the draft order, you have Carolina at 8. They need the quarterback. They're probably going to get either Trey Lance, Mac Jones, or Justin Fields. Not really in the market for Garoppolo. They have Bridgewater. Uh, The Broncos, they could be in the market for Sam Darnold, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Why would you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? The Patriots are in the market for Garoppolo, Mac Jones. <laughs> like, I can go down the list. The The Bears. The Bears could be in the market for, or at least they have been in the market for uh, Russell Wilson. Could they wait that out? Maybe they view Andy Dalton as someone who can get them to next year, where they probably win six, seven games this year, and are in, and again inside the top ten in the draft with the weaker quarterback class next year, obviously. But they are in a better position to have Dalton start this year, be below average possibly, and then draft their guy next year while Dalton or whoever it is remains there as a bridge. Then you have the football team, that being Washington, at 19. Now, they are also in a position to trade up, but they have also have Tyler Haneke, who I don't think is this amazing young quarterback who's going to lead them somewhere, but he's fine. He played very well against the Buccaneers in the playoffs. Um, but then they went out and signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, let's be honest here, he can go 7-10 and 10 in the division. He can go, you know, 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, and they can be a wildcard team in an awful NFC East, or maybe at least a below average NFC East. They are not, while maybe in a position to trade up for a quarterback if maybe Mac Jones falls or maybe a Trey Lance falls further than they think he might, they don't need to trade up or trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. They can draft a Kyle Trask or Davis Mills or a Kellen Mond or whoever they deemed fit. Or they can sit at 19 and go, look, let's improve the offense more. Or let's trade back and gain a pick next year. Like, there's... What I'm getting at here is there's too many reasons for other teams not to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, the Niners are sitting there, and and the Niners, as far as I know, are not fielding calls. Yes, they will trade him if they're wowed by an offer. We all know that. If if New England came out today and said, we will give you the number 15th overall pick, the Niners will be saying goodbye to Jimmy Garoppolo immediately, and they will pick uh, the quarterback of the future. Then, Then they'll go and sign somebody. That just is what it is. That That's a blanket blunt that would happen because you're likely not going to get that from anybody else. But again, why would you if you're New England? Why would you if you're Washington or Denver make that move knowing you're in position to get a younger, healthier, less wear on the tires, possibly better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo? So I'm not of this camp that believes Garoppolo needs to get traded now. I don't think he can even get traded now. Because if you're another team, why would you trade for him now? It makes absolutely no sense. But again, I'm of the the idea that drafting a quarterback at three and keeping Jimmy Garoppolo is the better move. And now, maybe you disagree with it, 
and that's fine. If you want to talk to me about it, you can DM me. I will gladly have the conversation. If you DM me and you want to have the conversation, do it right now. You're listening to this. You think I'm wrong. You think we should trade Grapple immediately. Tell me why and to who and for what. 49ers.access, that's Instagram. 49ers underscore access, that's the Twitter. But I am of the belief that drafting a quarterback at three and keeping Jimmy Garoppolo for one more year makes sense, and I want to tell you why. I'm going to give you a few reasons as to why I believe the Niners should keep Jimmy Garoppolo. One, uh, I've already kind of said it. There really is no reason to trade him unless wowed by a trade offer, and hand-in-hand goes with that. I don't think a team is going to wow them with the trade offer three weeks away from the NFL draft so they can get a younger, arguably better, higher potential less injured quarterback on the market. I also believe that allows the Niners to stay in win-now mode. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are not in the... Uh, they're not in the party. They're not in the the idea of let's sell for a season. They sold for four seasons. Let's re- let, let me remind you, you've only had one winning season with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Like... Since 2017, <laughs> only one winning season. And I understand you give them time to rebuild. They maximize in 2019. They get injured in 2020. But again, they have failed three out of the four years. They're going into year five. 2017, 2018, and 2020, they have failed. Now, there are things that go into that. Injuries, not a good roster when they started here. But again... They are in no position to sell for a year, to go limp for a year. Like, they have to win now. And having a rookie, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, a Mac Jones, well, I do think all of those guys have traits, and we'll talk about Fields and Lance very soon, that they have traits that can come in and be an improvement in certain areas. Athletically, Fields and Lance, oh my gosh, they are going to surpass Garoppolo athletically by a mile. Matt Barrow said last week, you got to get the Elway guy. He mentioned Trey Lance. Let me tell you now, Justin Fields was compared to Cam Newton today, athletically, by Greg Cosell. There are guys who are athletic freaks in this draft, at quarterback, that you don't see often. Fields and Lance are those two guys. But again, they will need time. Like, there's a go back to 2017. When the Niners acquired Jimmy Garoppolo, there was reported a somewhat of a friction between Garoppolo and Shanahan because Garoppolo wasn't picking up the playbook fast enough. He'd been there for two weeks. Huh? Like, what? <laughs> if you think Shanahan... And again, it could have been a very small, like, why isn't this guy getting this stuff? It's not that hard. You think a rookie's going to understand this stuff immediately? With a, not a shortened offseason, but a irregular offseason due to COVID again? Well, no. Like, I, it, it takes, it took Kawhi Leonard three years to pop in the NBA. It took Clay Thompson three years to pop in the NBA. The potential was there, obviously. These are MVP, all-star, NBA champion-level players. I understand, different sport, but even Peyton Manning sucked his rookie year. Eli Manning was not good his rookie year. John Elway was traded by the team that originally drafted him. Steve Young was traded by the team that originally drafted him. Brett Favre was traded by the team that originally drafted him. It's not like you don't have time with these guys. And I think on in the Niners' realm right now of the quarterback conversation, we've rushed into instant gratification. Guess what? With a rookie, instant gratification goes out the door. Do not expect RG3 2.0. Don't expect Andrew Luck 2.0. You have to be patient with these guys. And... The best option to be patient, to give these rookies the best possible chance to be good and successful in the NFL is sitting behind Jimmy Garoppolo for one year, allowing them 
to stay in win-now mode as a franchise, give the rookie time to develop and gain chemistry in the offense with George Kittle, with Brandon Ayuk, with Debo Samuel, with Raheem Oster, with an offensive line he's going to be playing behind for the next five seasons, hopefully 10 to 15. There is more reasons to keep Jimmy Garoppolo that benefit the rookie and can keep this franchise at the top of the NFC and hopefully the NFL. And I'll be very blunt here. Keeping Jimmy Garoppolo for one more year is not going to hurt the rookie. He's not. In fact, it has benefits to the rookie. You don't rush him out there. He doesn't feel the need to rely maybe on his legs or maybe Shanahan can coach him up somewhat. Maybe he can understand where a receiver wants the ball, when they want the ball, where the quarterback wants to view the route. He can gain chemistry with the offensive weapons. That way, come week 1, 2022, or maybe it's week 15, 2021. Who knows? But buying time for him to catch up to where the rest of the team is isn't going to hurt anyone. In fact, it's going to help said rookie. There's no reason to rush this process. You know, the 76ers had the motto, trust the process. Now again, you can look in Philadelphia and go, well, they kind of botched that to a certain extent. But guess what? Ben Simmons got hurt. They were patient with him. Joel Embiid has had some issues injury-wise. They were patient with him. If, if the Golden State Warriors didn't see the potential in Stephen Curry, and I get different sport, they would have traded him to Milwaukee for Andrew Bogut and never won an NBA championship. You have to be patient. Don't be the Atlanta Falcons trading Brett Favre. Don't be the Colts trading John Elway. Don't be the Buccaneers trading away Steve Young. You have to be patient. Win now. Go to the playoffs in 2021. Let the quarterback be groomed by his head coach that he'll have for the next seven seasons, ten seasons hopefully, at least five. Learn, study, catch up to the offense. That way, when he, whenever he steps on that field for the first time, there is no concerns. There's no concerns other than he's a rookie. There's no concerns of, well, he doesn't know the playbook, guys. There's no concerns of, well, you know, he's only had one chance to look at the book, and you know, he's only had one week of practice. No. At that point, he'll have a year, 15 weeks, to know what's happening, to gain confidence in the offense. And, on the plus side, if Garoppolo balls out, guess what that trade value does? I said it was going to go down once they picked the rookie. Well, if he plays well, he's on a one-year deal in 2022. If he balls out, you're looking for a team that maybe says, hey, like the Bears, where Andy Dalton is gone. Or a team like Washington, where Ryan Fitzpatrick is gone. And maybe they both have bad years. At that point, they're saying, hey... We're in the top 10 of the NFL draft. We see a guy like a Sam Howe or a Giddy Daniels or a Spencer Rattler, who we like, whoever it may be. We need a bridge guy so that that kid isn't rushed. We want Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, look at that. A logical answer to an emotional response you usually get. Look, men, women, kids, whoever you are listening right now, I want to be honest with you. You are likely never going to get an emotional response from me. You're going to get a collective thought that I have looked into and read about and have really pondered for a couple of days. Uh, To tell you a story very quickly here, uh, the place I work at right now, um, COVID was impacted them a lot. And, you know, it's sports radio. People have to listen. And I'm not going to get into all the details and all the conversation I had, but there was a question raised, and I'm someone who likes to think about things before I answer, uh, whether it's with my girlfriend or, or with a friend or, again, with my job, like I'm speaking about. And it was a serious question of, like, what do we do? We need ideas. And uh, that isn't to say that anything bad was happening, but it was just like, hey, we have to make some small tweaks here. And... I was someone who a week later 
sent an email and gave like this, you know, 500 character answer. And I'm sure it was annoying, but me doing so allowed me to analyze every single aspect of, you know, what I liked, what I didn't like, what we can improve on, what we, what we should probably stop doing. That's what you're going to get from me. You're not going to get this, this tweet where it says like, you have to trade Jimmy Garoppolo now or or, or Jimmy Garoppolo stinks. Or Dustin Fields is quarterback one. You're not going to get that from me. You're going to get a collective, a, a cool, calm, collected answer. Because I'm not an emotional person to a certain extent. I am a very analytical and uh, statistical person. And in a world of emotion, it makes me draw back and go, okay... You're going to get this emotional response from 1,500 people. Let me be the analytical guy who's going to sit here and tell you bluntly, but also be honest with you and say, look, nobody knows what's going to happen. I have no idea who the 49ers are going to pick at number three. And guess who else doesn't know? Everybody else. Can they guess correctly? Yeah. A guess is not a right answer. A guess is... Oh, it was multiple choice, and I guess C, and it got it right, because it's usually right more than not. Like, could Peter King be right? Of course he can be right. He's a valid reporter. Should the Niners keep Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes, they should keep Jimmy Garoppolo in my eyes, because it benefits the rookie, the team now, and the team in the future more than this emotional response to say, QB1, who's a rookie, should play. I would rather play Josh Rosen this year if Garoppolo was traded than the rookie. Simply because when... Here's another story for you. So I currently... I, 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 I live at home. And the reason why I do so is one, because of COVID. Um, two, I wanted to save money before I moved out. Before I ventured on my own. And, you know, throughout this whole COVID process, I've been saving money to eventually move out on my own. To, to, to you know post my girlfriend to eventually marry her and, and and my whole process through all that is you know get money gain experience uh get a promotion in my job um go up the corporate ladder to a certain extent and i've done a lot of those things through covid and i'm very grateful for those things but i have told my parents and my girlfriend that once i step out of my house of my my childhood home i want to have the ability to never look back. To, once I step out the door, never look back. I can visit on holidays, but never look back once I'm gone. To have the wherewithal, the funds, the means, to stand on my own, to stand with my girlfriend, to buy a house or an apartment, wherever it may be. I want to do it the first time, and I want to do it the right time. Or if that makes sense, when I do it the first time, I want to do it the right time. Um... And with this Niners thing, that motto to me makes a lot of sense going into this. When that rookie, for the very first time, steps on that field, when Kyle Shanahan gets his guy for the very first time, you want to do it the right way. You don't want to rush this thing because you're overzealous and uh, you want the instant gratification. You want to do this the right way. And I think this over-emotional response isn't the right way. That isn't to say there isn't valid reasoning behind it. But again, you want to do this the right way. Because if you mess it up, you just traded three first-round draft picks, a third-round pick, and you moved Jimmy Garoppolo away. A guy who got you to a Super Bowl two years ago. A guy who got you to where you wanted to go, the promised land. Two years ago, for a rookie quarterback who wasn't ready, who wasn't prepared, because not because the rookie didn't do his job, because you failed him. Because Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and this fan base is going to rush him into the process. Now, I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are 10 times smarter than any fan we have, including myself. To them, I'm probably an idiot. <laughs> they may value me as a faithful but to them, they're saying what you believe in your opinion means nothing to how we're going to do this thing. And so, if you're going to do it, you got to do it the right way. 
You have to. Because they've made the decision, there's no looking back. It's Garoppolo, then a rookie. This rookie has to hit. This rookie cannot be a bust. This rookie cannot make a mistake to a certain degree. This rookie has to hit. Because if he doesn't hit, you have jeopardized three years of the future at the current moment. And you have moved off of somebody who actually had you in position to do something you haven't done since the 1990s. But again, now the question becomes, who is that pick? Who is that rookie that you want in San Francisco in 2021, and in my opinion, be the starter in 2022? I'm sure many of you have seen Justin Fields, that's the guy. Mac Jones, like we talked about, that's the guy. Well, in my opinion, and we're and, and I'm going to tell you my pros and cons of Fields and Lance right now. If it's me, I'm going to take, with the number three overall pick, I am going to take Trey Lance. And, you know, it, it, it's funny because, you know, I think all of this, um, all of the, the Justin Fields stands, and again, nothing against him at all. Because they like a guy. And, I, and I'm very happy we have a fan base very devoted to this team. Very devoted to finding the next quarterback, the next rookie QB. Finding the guy who can be the franchise quarterback for a long time. To diving into tape. Which, again, I'm, I, I'm not going to sit here and BS with you. Have I watched a lot of tape? Yes, I have. Do I understand all of it? No, I do not. I'm not a quarterback's coach. I'm not going to give you the, you know, this this wizard talk, this this witch language that tries to impress you and tries to coerce you to my side to want to pick Trey Lance. What I'm going to give to you is very blunt, honest, very straightforward reasoning reasoning as to why I like Trey Lance, and I think it's very hard to because Justin Fields and Trey Lance are very neck and neck in my book. Um, a lot of them have this ability that a lot of quarterbacks don't have. You know, I said Matt Barrows compared Trey Lance to John Elway, um, and I think the reason why he did that is because he has this next level that a lot of guys don't have. Um, I put on Twitter a couple days ago, I said, there's a lot of intrigue about Trey Lance because of what Kyle Shanahan could possibly get out of him. And I think we've seen what Justin Fields can do for the most part, but I think there is this kind of next level to Trey Lance we haven't seen yet because of the system he played in him not getting a full 2020 uh season reps and only played one game this past year because of COVID and I think uh, he's going to be 21-ish around, around the time of the draft or his rookie season um and it's tough to put an accurate point of where he sits because of that this isn't as simple as well it's you know, Lawrence Wilson, Fields, Lance. It really isn't that simple because of COVID. And I think if... I genuinely believe if we got a full season of Trey Lance, that we would have seen the improvement I think he has made while he hasn't been playing. And that sounds weird to say, but uh, he's been working on his mechanics. He's been working on his accuracy. Uh, and he has a tremendous, powerful arm. Uh, he, he can... He can fire the ball into tight windows with the best of them. I mean, you talk about Patrick Mahomes-esque. And again, I'm, I'm not going to compare these guys to Mahomes and, and Elway and all these guys. Like That's not what I want to do because it sets it sets too high of an expectation. Like uh, Greg, Greg Cosell said today uh, for NFL Films, or maybe yesterday on the Rich Eisen Show, he mentioned like the reason why people maybe aren't talking about Trevor Lawrence as much is because we already had this idea in our mind that he was the next Andrew Luck. He was the next big thing. He was the next, you know, future Hall of Fame, Super Bowl winning quarterback. And I, he thinks that in our head, that's the expectations we set for him. So anytime he wows us, we're like, eh, all right. Like it doesn't, it doesn't blow the top off our head anymore. And I think, I think the opposite is kind of set in for Trey Lance to a certain degree. Is that, like. Well, I don't want to put the expectation on his head or Fields or Wilson or Lawrence that 
a lot of fans don't know a lot about Trey Lance. They haven't watched tape. They, they, again, go listen to JT O'Sullivan uh, and the quarterback coach on YouTube. It's a great thing. And please dive into, like, I fell into a Trey Lance rabbit hole with O'Sullivan and, you know, all these people on YouTube. And then you go on Twitter and you listen to all these people talk who know a million times more about the NFL than I do. And, uh, and watching tape and they've all kind of said the same thing that there is high-end star potential here. Um, but there also are concerns. And so let's start with the good, and then we'll get into the bad with Lance, and then we'll get into the good with Fields and the bad with Fields. And so the good with the good with Lance is this kid can throw in tight windows. He has a, he has a cannon for an arm. He has a good deep ball. A lot of people might complain about the ball placement, but I think when you look at the tape uh, and you actually have someone who can explain it to you, and the coverages that are there, and it's not somebody on Twitter who maybe doesn't understand or sees one play and thinks, well, he stinks. Uh, once you understand the context and, you know, maybe the play before and the play after, the time on the clock, where they're at as an offense, the play they ran before, like what they were setting up, I think it does lend your, or at least my opinion of Trey Lance, that has changed. Earlier, I said that Trey Lance was this super raw prospect. Now I'm at to the point where I'm saying, yes, he's still raw, but not to a point of like, come week fifteen, come week ten, that he wouldn't be able to perform, you know, at at a substantially imp- impressive uh, play. Like I, I think he could play it at, at, at a level that impresses a lot of people and shows explosive uh, ability. And so he does have the precision and he does have the arm strength and the ability to you know throw over the safety to get the ball in the right position where only his receiver can catch the ball. I think that's one thing with Garoppolo that a lot of Niner fans don't like is that he will throw into coverage and he doesn't always put it into a place where the defender can't get the ball. And I think Trey Lance can do that undoubtedly. Um he's he's really aggressive in pushing the ball down the field and I think again that's one thing Niner fans want out of Garoppolo. Push the ball down the field aggressively. At least take a chance. You know, especially this past year, people were saying, at least take a chance downfield. Like, that's the only way to keep a safety honest, keep a defense honest, and not stack the box against you. And Trey Lance can do that and does it consistently at a high rate all the time. He's accurate. He's extremely calm in the pocket. You know, if... if if uh, Alex Mack and uh, let's say Daniel Brunskill, who is Aaron Donald's dad, has a bad game against the Rams, Trey Lance will be able to evade Aaron Donald, e- evade a J.J. Watt and a Chandler Jones coming off the end. You know, this past year we saw of a lot of struggles from Mike McGlinchey. Uh, Trey Lance isn't going to have, you know, th- this twirl about in the pocket like Groffle did in Week 1. He's not going to have that. Uh, he's he's very calm. He understands how to evade pressure. He's big. He's thick. He's not going to go down the first time he's hit. Um, you can bump him. And he's going to be okay. He knows how to move his feet. He can lead receivers down the field. And while he is evading pressure, he's calm. Uh, he, he can evade the pocket and still hit a receiver accurately. I think one thing I noticed with the Garoppolo is, ever since the ACL, it's been... I don't know if it's been a hesitation on his part where Lance can more consistently hit an open receiver or maybe even a non-open receiver on the run in a tight window. He can make that throw. Garoppolo can't. And, you know, again, going back to the whole Elway thing, don't want to compare the two, but if Shanahan is set on getting a mobile quarterback, which I think he hinted at with the Josh Allen uh, mention he made in his press conference with John Lynch. I think Trey Lance does fit that a lot, um, and, and very similar to how just uh, Justin Fields as well. Um, but I think Lance, I think Lance is a far better running quarterback uh, than Justin Fields. Not simply because of speed, but the way he runs, how he runs. Um, he does have a little Kaepernick to him in the way he runs and and, and the physicality of which he runs. Um, you know, he's, he's someone who will lower his shoulder like Kaepernick used to do someone, you know, who, who isn't afraid to take contact kind of like Russell Wilson did. Um, and let's also not forget that, um, he doesn't turn the ball over. I think it was 2019. He had 22 touchdowns, no interceptions. 
Like, this kid doesn't turn the ball over. Now, of course, his first season, you're going to expect a few turnovers here and there as they adapt to the NFL. And I think having one year, which is why I said earlier, keep Garoppolo for a year, Trey Lance is someone who will heavily benefit, and I think with a year under Shanahan, can unlock that next level. And I think when you're at three, when you traded up three first-round draft picks and a third-round draft pick, and to a certain degree, maybe even Jimmy Garoppolo at a certain point, like, that's a lot to give up for a young kid who's 21 and unproven, like Trey Lance might be to some. But I think there is this aspect of him that he may have the highest or second highest potential in this draft behind Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, if you're a video game player or you try to read The Athletic, it's behind a paywall. And I think Kyle Shanahan might be, you know, the funds or the the uh, the hack behind that paywall. I think he is someone that can, can unlock Trey Lance's next level, which can make the Niners, you know, a perennial... Super Bowl team. Again, big if, but I think Kyle Shanahan's the if there is one person that can do it, it's definitely Kyle Shanahan. Um and sticking on Trey Lance, let's go to the negatives. The negatives is he's gonna take time. Again, you can't rush this process with any with, with any of these guys, but especially Trey Lance. He's gonna need time. One year I think will be good for him. Uh he does lack the experience again, one year in twenty nineteen, then one game in twenty twenty. He didn't play any defenses at all this past year. Again, that's why they give him a year um, to kind of get his feet uh, his feet under him. One thing I will say is that uh, despite being a dominant passer, there are times with the easy throws, and we have seen this out of Garoppolo, where the easy throws that maybe aren't tough to make, aren't 40 yards down the field, you know, in double coverage, they struggle sometimes. There is some inconsistencies um with the way uh, Lance uh, throws, you know, the small little dump out routes to receiver, um, or he he sees the receiver opened and he's going through his reads and has to dump off to, you know, to, to make the dump route and that ball is maybe underthrown or it's a little high, not in a place where it's you know easy to get a turnover for a defense, but it's to a place where I would like you to hit that receiver in the chest or lead him a little better. Um, I think that's something that is a knock on him, but I think that's something that can be worked out, where it's like, look, you have time, hit the guy. Like, you know, it's like in baseball. If you watch the Giants game, first game of the season, Brandon Belt rushes that throw to Brandon Crawford, an error, run score. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo sometimes rushes a few throws, and it turns into a problem. I think Trey Lance, he has the ability, the physical traits to eliminate a lot of the issues Garoppolo has, but this is one that does worry me, but it's not a big one that worries me enough to be like, he's off my board. The other one is, he does like to lock onto his first read. Not a lot. And what I mean by this is, uh, he he does read the field. He does read it. He, he, he doesn't have a hard time reading the field, but he does like to take his time going through his reads. And I think, again, giving a year in Shanahan's system that can speed up the process. And I think that's one of the things that I think Garoppolo hasn't always, does sometimes, not always grasped with going through his reads. Um, like Garoppolo goes through his reads either too quick or he's a one-read guy. Lance goes through his reads a little slow, not slow enough to make me go, he's horrible at quarterback or can't read the field, but slow enough to make me go, we got to turn that up a little bit because in the NFL, that window is, you know, three or four seconds, two, three seconds, and you got to hit the guy. And so I do think that might be something that has to be worked on. I also think that when you watch Trey Lance play, and despite his aggressiveness to run the ball, despite his arm talent, despite his ability uh, to be explosive, he does have a tendency to look at his first read and then take off running. If it's not there, I'm gone. And you do see this tendency with a lot of rookie quarterbacks. This was the tendency with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Robert Griffin had this for a little bit, uh, and so did Baker Mayfield. But again, I think when you have a quarterback coach to a certain point like Kyle Shanahan, and they brought in uh, Garoppolo's former quarterback coach um, to come back this year, I think there's a reason why they did that. Not only to coach Garoppolo, but because they know that 
there's this 20-year-old rookie coming in that's going to replace him. They need someone to help slow this process down for him. And again, so his strengths are top-tier strengths. Any, everything you want in a modern-day quarterback. But his weaknesses, besides him being raw and lacking experience, which are the only two that do bother me to a certain degree, that might make me be hesitant to taking him, you know, not at the third overall pick, and maybe at the, the eighth or the ninth if you're Carolina and Denver, is being raw and lack experience. But I think the rest of these things are pretty teachable. Um, a lot of it is just getting comfortable in the pocket, which he already is. But it's, again, speeding up how he goes through his progressions, but also slowing down um, the the choice to just one read and go and run. Like, you don't have to do that in Shanahan's system. That like, like, running can be your second option. And if I'm Kyle Shanahan, uh, there might be some hesitation here to say, I don't want what happened to RG3 to happen again. I don't want, you know, a torn ACL. And I think, you know, with the physical traits Lance has, there is, you know, some concern of, I don't want you lowering your shoulder against a 240-pound linebacker. Like, I want you to get out of bounds. I want you to slide out of bounds. Happened to Garoppolo. Happened to RG3. Uh, and and a, a lot of rookie quarterbacks had that issue. They have been the biggest, tallest, strongest guy for eight years in high school and in college. And in the NFL, you're not that. You're never that ever again. And so I think those are some concerns. But overall, I think Trey Lance is a fantastic pick at number three. I would take Trey Lance at three because, especially if you're going to give Garoppolo that extra year. If you're going to give Garoppolo 2021, I think Trey Lance is that pick. Because there is that extra level you can take. And everything other than his rawness, which is paired with lack of experience, everything else you can work through. Everything else you can make easier for him. And Shanahan is great at, at scheming guys wide open. And I think a lot of... like Shanahan can benefit Trey Lance so much that it can make all of Trey Lance's weaknesses pretty much go away. Or limit them and you know make this team 13 and 4 with the new 17 game uh this year uh, make them you know 12 and 5 13 and 4 for a long time in the NFL and, and really um and really set them up for a long term success now let's go to Justin Fields before we wrap things up Justin Fields and again I hate doing this but this kid is insane this kid he can hit receivers on the run he has the, this ability to make these wonderful touch passes. He can lead receivers open. Uh, this kid can... This He has a much better arm than Trey Lance does, and Trey Lance has a very good arm. But Justin Fields has an amazing arm, like top tier, probably number two. Uh, it's not as loose as Zach Wilson's arm, which may make me put him at three in regards to arm strength. But, man, th- this kid is incredible. Um, he Every ball he throws is pretty much catchable. And he, he, just like Lance, he does have this elite mobility where it pairs well with his arm. And I think if you're looking at this quarterback who comes in, you know, 2021 and Garoppolo plays eight weeks, I don't think Fields needs that much time. Um, I don't think, you know, Fields comes in and struggles with the offense. I And he, he doesn't have this rawness that Lance has. And... Again, while I do think Lance has a higher upside because there is some rawness there that can be kind of knocked off and just kind of, not rust, but, um, you know, again, like there is that paywall Shanahan can get through. With Fields, I don't see that as much. I don't see this this paywall, this this rawness to Fields. Um, he's a much better passer on the run, much more accurate on the run. Um, he is physical on the run, but not as much as Lance is. Uh, he isn't as good as a runner as Lance is. He isn't that Kaepernick style of runner. Um, Greg Cosell, again, compared him to Cam Newton a couple days ago. And I do think that is how he runs, just less physical. The explosiveness is there, but it's not a physical running style. He can take a bump. It's not that he doesn't do that sometimes. It's just that it's not as physical as a 6'4", 6'5", 240-pound Cam Newton. He, he's not a linebacker playing quarterback. He's a quarterback who's a little thicker playing quarterback. Um, he does have great anticipation. Um, you can get him into a rhythm. Uh, and and I really do think if you're looking for a quarterback at number three to play this year, it is Justin Fields. 
Um, but there is a couple things that I don't like about Justin Fields, and that is he doesn't have great pocket awareness. It's not bad. It's not bad. But he doesn't have great pocket awareness to a certain point where I'm saying if we're playing J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, we're playing an Aaron Darnold, uh, Darnold, excuse me, um, you know, twice a season, you know, we are playing, you know, maybe Jamal Adams and whoever and Carlos Dunlap who maybe aren't great but can add some pass rush um, to maybe an offensive line that has been banged up at certain points and does have does have weaknesses, especially on the right side. Um, I do think Justin Fields doesn't always have the greatest pocket awareness. Um, on top of that, um, when being blitzed, which we all know Seattle loves to do, uh, Arizona's probably going to do it a lot more with Watt, with Jones, with Isaiah Simmons kind of taking that next step. Um, he does have a tendency to kind of slow things down and not, I wouldn't say freezes, but there is a tendency for him to kind of hesitate. And I think that can be, that's something that would make me go, okay, when a team blitzes, he can get rattled. And in a division with a really good pass rush in an offense that, or in a division with offenses that are explosive, you know, Kyler Murray, Hopkins, Stafford, Woods, and Cup, uh, Wilson, Metcalf, Lockett, like, I can't have my quarterback getting rattled in the pocket. That's one thing that Garoppolo surprisingly is pretty good at. Um, there are times where he does get rattled, but there are other times where he's very poised, and I don't always see that from Justin Fields and that may just be something that he works on with Shanahan and you know that's something that you know as he progresses does tend you know does to kind of shut off of him and he does become better in the pocket but those are some concerns I have um and and I think this is the big difference this next thing I say is the biggest difference of Trey Lance Justin Fields Justin Fields didn't call his own plays in college he didn't call his own audibles in college. He, he, he didn't change routes in college. All that came from the sideline, Ryan Day. And again, those that's not his fault. That is the system he plays in. Trey Lance called his own plays in college. You know, I, I don't know an exact play, but XY TK Trey. That last part where it's TK Trey, that is them saying, Trey Lance, you call the play. Trey Lance, you call the route. Trey Lance, you call the coverage. Like, there is something that... Trey Lance does have experience doing that Justin Fields doesn't have doing, which may make me lean, which actually does make me lean towards taking Trey Lance. Again, this doesn't mean Justin Fields is a bad prospect, but there are very small things that might make me lean, that do make me lean to taking Trey Lance. And that is being under center, being more poised in the bucket, being able to cut the mic linebacker and being able to, you know, make, you know, pick my own plays and, and, you know, call out the coverages Again, Fields would eventually learn to do that, but I think those small things already kind of having a leg up on Fields might make Trey Lance a little more uh, higher up on Kyle Shanahan's draft board. Again, it might, it may not. Shanahan may say, Justin Fields, you're an incredible prospect. I want you at number three. Can very well happen. Um, and I do think that Trey Lance, Trey Lance high, has a higher bust tendency, but I think that lowers exponentially in Kyle Shanahan's system, and I think Justin Fields would be fine wherever he goes, but what Trey Lance can do already, like, again, like I said, coverages, calling out your own plays, playing under center, those are things that Shanahan might keen in on and say, I want that guy. So that's why I would take Trey Lance, number three overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. Before we end today's podcast, I want to tell everybody out there, Happy Easter, but I also want to tell everybody, thank you so, so much for the support on last week's podcast. The most listened to podcast in 49ers Access history. We are 32 episodes in and we're only getting better. More listens, more views, better guests. Again, the, the, the kind DMs, the support you guys sent me, the listens of the podcast, that stuff motivates me to have better conversations, have more conversations, find even better guests for you guys out there. And again, 
thank you so so much i was humbled i was blown away i remember running in telling my girlfriend like you won't believe how, how great the podcast did this week and it, again i'm so thankful for everything that you guys men women children whoever you are the nine are faithful out there i'm so thankful for you but if you want to keep up on the podcast latest niners news the updates the rumors you're gonna want to follow us on social media instagram is at 49ers.access twitter 49ers underscore access you are not going to want to miss a thing as we approach the nfl draft it's one month away i think it's 26 days away at the time of this podcast you are not going to want to miss a thing that being said don't forget to like share subscribe leave a review this has been the 49er access podcast my name is sterling bennett and until next time stay faithful